My name is Giancarlo Villatoro, and I am the founding pastor for Victory Church and from Odessa, Texas. Hello. Today is April the 3rd, 2018, and at 7.02 p.m. we start this broadcast. So excited to be here with our church family, Alberto Serrano. Shalom. Shalom. <laughs> Miss Penny. Hello, Penny. Hello, Tony. Mr. Brandon. Charlotte. Deborah, Mama, hello, <laughs> Charlie. What's up? What's up? <laughs> Chad. Hello. And Melanie. Hello. We had a wonderful meal. We ate Filipino food today, and there is a debate here about how do we call those things. The name is lumpia. Right? Egg rolls? No. <laughs> is that what you're talking about the yeah. <laughs> Stop it. It's lumpia. Lumpia and pansy. It was an awesome meal. Thank you so much for providing for us tonight. All right. Are you ready for the study? Yes. Absolutely. All right. I, I need a volunteer, somebody who wants to read for us the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> 17 <laughs> we are studying uh, actually today is lesson number 29 how about that Genesis chapter 17 from the verse number number 1 through 14 and we read in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit when Abram was 99 years old the Lord appeared to him he said, I am God all-powerful. Obey me and live the right way. If you do this, I will prepare an agreement between us. I will promise to make your people a great nation. Then Abram bowed before God. God said to him, This is my part of our agreement. I will make you the father of many nations. I will change your name from Abram to Abraham. Because I am making you the father of many nations, I will give you many descendants. New nations and kings will come from you, and I will prepare an agreement between me and you. This agreement will also be for all your descendants. It will continue forever. I will be your God and the God of all your descendants. I will give this land to you and to all your descendants. I will give you the land you are traveling through, the land of Canaan. I will give you this land forever, and I will be your God. Then God said to Abraham, Now this is your part of the agreement. You and all your descendants will obey my agreement. This is my agreement that all of you must obey. This is the agreement between me and you and all of your descendants. Every male must be circumcised. You will cut the skin to show that you follow the agreement between me and you. When the baby boy is eight days old, you will circumcise him. Every boy born among your people and every boy who is a slave of your people must be circumcised. So every baby boy in your nation will be circumcised. <coughs> Every boy who is born from your family or bought as a slave will be circumcised. Abraham, this is the agreement between you and me. Any male who is not circumcised will be cut off from his people because he has broken my agreement. 
because he has broken my agreement. This is a powerful lesson today, guys. And it's uh, a little bit complex, but I think that we can, we can manage. I think we can manage. So we will start by asking a couple of questions here. And uh, for those who are following over the Facebook, in the comments you will find also the notes that we are discussing here this evening. All right. The first question is, how old was Abram when Ishmael was born? 86. Very well. And how do we know that? It says on the paper. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. In which paper? <laughs> if you remember, last week we studied the chapter uh, number 16, when Ishmael and Hagar, and we read then that Abram was 86. Now, how old is Abram now uh, that his name was changed? 99. 99. So how many years difference between Ishmael and this event? 13. 13? It's a lot of years when you think about it. Time passed by. The promise of the Lord to Abram was that he will have um, children. And then now... He's telling him, you're you are going to have a lot of children. Uh, who knows what is the meaning of the word Abram? <coughs> father. Honored father. Honored father. Very well, Charlotte. Honored father. And what is the meaning of the word Abraham? Father, father of, many. of many. Father of many. Thank you, Melanie. Very good. Father of many. The two conditions the Lord asked to Abram were, do you remember when we are reading here, in verse number 2, let's read it together. It says, if you do this, I will prepare an agreement between us. I will promise to make you a, gr a great nation. Exactly. He said, I am the, the good Lord, powerful, obey me, and live the right way. And that takes us to the next question, which is how difficult it is for us to bow down before the Lord God Almighty. Who wants to make a comment about that? How difficult it is to bow down before the Lord God Almighty? When you say us, you mean just people in general? You, me. How difficult it is for you to bow down before the Lord God Almighty? When things are good, pretty easy. When things, well, no. Things are tough sometimes. It's pretty easy, too. Anyone else? Well, what, what do we understand by saying that we bow down before the Lord? What do you think is the meaning of that? Honor and praise. Obey. Obey, honoring, praising. Relinquish all control. Right. Physically speaking, what is the meaning of bow down? Lower your height. Right. Let, let, I want you to think for a second of images that you have of people in the Middle East and when they pray to the good Lord. Do, do you see in your mind, right, what is what they do, right? 
they literally put their heads on the ground, right? That's what they do. Actually, I think it's a, it's a pretty uh, way to shove submission, sh show submission to the Lord. <clears throat> when the Lord showed up this time and said to Abram, I'm going to make you a father of a great nation. Many, many, many children you will have. That is the promise, right? But I want you to obey me and do what is right. Obey the Lord and do what is right requires submission. S being submissive to the authority of the good Lord is not easy. Right? It's not easy. Because the Lord tells us in His Word so many commandments telling us, I want you to do this and I don't want you to do that. Actually, in our hearts, we know there are some things that we shouldn't do. And yet we do. Right? And on the other hand, there are so many things the Lord wants us to do, but we don't want to do those things. It's all because there is a battle, a constant battle, in our hearts to surrender to His authority. So I want to talk to you today about <clears throat> surrendering and submitting ourselves to the Lord. <clears throat> How wonderful is when a believer is able to pray without closing his eyes just speaks those speak those words knowing that the Lord is listening to that prayer and also the believer is able to lift up his arms and hands and say Lord please help me and I am here to do what you want me to do how wonderful is that moment, my friends? Is, is that uh, the beginning of that surrendering, that submission that the Lord ex expects from us? He expects that from us, that we will submit ourselves to Him and just say, I will do, Lord, what you want me to do. Not what I want to do, but what you want me to do. So I surrender to your will. I submit myself to you. You know, when, when Abram did that, he bowed down before the Lord. In verse number 3, it was in that moment when the Lord responded to him and said, This is my part of our agreement. I will make you the father of many nations. Whenever you, my friend, come to that conclusion that the best thing you can do is just surrender to the Lord and say to Him, I'm going to do what you want me to do. Not what I want. What you want me to do. And I surrender to you, Lord. And I bow down before your presence I just wish that everyone will experience the 
magnificence of those moments of adoration that I personally experience in my in my quiet time, in my private private time, whether it's here in any part of the property in the church. Sometimes it's in the sanctuary, sometimes it's in my office here in the church, sometimes it's in my home office, sometimes it's in, in my living room or in my bedroom. And, uh, and I am not trying to put myself, you know, in a pedestal. No, 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 it's not what I am trying to do. I, I am just giving you the encouragement. It's like uh, an invitation. When I do that, and I literally go on my knees, and I lift up my hands, and I talk to the good Lord, and I say to Him, the things that I need to tell him that I that are so private, there are just things between him and I. And I literally on my knees lift up my hands and I say to him how much I love him and that I adore him. And then I said, Lord, and I submit myself to you. What do you want me to do? And I bow down, literally, literally, friends. I just bow down and put my forehead on the floor, on the carpet. And I stay there for a few minutes. And those are sublime moments. If you have lived that, you would understand what I am saying. But if you have never done something like that, I invite you to do it. Worship the Lord in that privacy where where it's just you and Him. If you can do that, first of all, you will receive from the Lord a very, very intense portion of His Holy Spirit. You will receive it. You will receive from the Lord so much peace, so much strength, clarity in your way of thinking, because eventually you are focusing on, on Him and that will take your mind from out of all the problems that, that are around you. You will just focus on the Lord and Him alone. And because there is so much of the Holy Spirit that will come inside of you and grow inside of you, your level of faith will be so high. You, you will have so much faith. And that faith is what makes the mountains move. That is powerful. But it's a personal thing that only you can do on your own. I'm giving you ideas of things that I've done, that I have done, that I do. And... Uh, there are occasions, friends, where I play the music, the worship songs, and, uh, and I'm by myself. And then I lift up my hands and I start singing to Him and adore Him. And I can sense so much of His presence around me. It's, it's so powerful. It's, it's, 
It's like a dense atmosphere around me. And I know He is there with me. And I know that He He sees me worshiping Him. Therefore, it's not a problem for me whenever we get together and we have our services. And uh, when we are singing songs and I'm worshiping the Lord, to me it's not a problem to lift up my hands during the worship service. It's not a problem for me. To me, it will not be a problem even to bow down there in front of everybody. It's, that that won't be a problem. I don't do it because I don't think it's it's necessary at that moment. Uh, it, it, it will be probably uh, somebody will take it in the wrong way, thinking that I am doing a show or something like that. And I don't want that. That I am totally honest with you about this, that when Abram, Abraham now, re, the Lord told him that he will, he will do something for him. But I said, I want you to obey me and do what is right. In that moment, Abraham bowed down in total submission. The deepest desire of Abraham was to have descendants. So my question to you is, what is your deepest desire? Please think about this. What is your deepest desire? The greatest thing that you could ever dream in your life. Which is it? Imagine the Lord says to you, I will give it to you, but I want you to obey me and do what is right. And when he says that to you, imagine that you will bow down physically, that you will be on your knees and you put your head, your forehead on the ground and you just surrender there and say, Lord, I'm here to serve you. Because that is key for miracles. That is a key to experience miracles in your life. The Lord can do amazing things for you. The things that, that you personally will never be able to do, He can do. He can do those things. And the solution to those problems or the answer to those challenges, how to fix those things, they will not come from other individuals. Mm -mm. They come from the Holy Throne in heaven. And anybody can do that. You can do it, Melanie. Chad, you can do that. Or you, Brandon. Charlotte. Anybody, anybody, just surrendering. When you go back, back to your home tonight, or if you are watching or listening, listen to this carefully. In your private time, take some minutes to really bow down before Him. I know you read the Bible, I know you say your prayers, and I know you, you, you are growing. I understand that. 
I'm giving you a suggestion to, to do something different now is learn to bow down before the Lord. Try it. Bow down and stay there for a few minutes and worshiping Him and watch what the Lord will do afterwards. Because that is the key for miracles. The Lord is going to move always in the supernatural. The Lord doesn't move, doesn't move in the natural. You know, the natural, those are laws that he already determined, right? Like pregnancy or seasons, winter, summer, spring, fall, the rain, the cycle of water, gravity. Those laws, the natural, aging, right? Flowers, birds, seeds, germination, plants. All, the, all that that is already in the nature is natural. The Lord moves in the supernatural. And you as a believer should live in the supernatural. In the supernatural, He is in full control. He is in full control of everything. So there is a way that you might be able to touch his heart. Is when you do in private. That. That moment of adoration and contemplation. And just say. You are wonderful Lord. You are just wonderful. And I thank you for my life. And I thank you for this. And I thank you for that. And just go into your prayers and your communication with Him because great things will happen to those who move in the supernatural. Now, I have another question for you. And the question is, do we need to be circumcised today? <laughs> because that was what the Lord told Abraham, right? After the whole thing, He said, Okay, Abram, now I want you to be circumcised, and not just you, but everybody in your tribe. So, the question is, do we need to be circumcised today? So, there are medical reasons why that is convenient. But so many people have that question about believers. And we need to go to the scripture, because the scripture gives us the answers. So, I would like somebody to read for us Philippians chapter 3. In verse 3, please. Who can read that for us? We are the ones who have the true circumcision. We who worship God through His Spirit. There you go. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. We are the ones who have the true circumcision. That's the true circumcision. Which one is the true circumcision? The spiritual? The spiritual circumcision. No more flesh. You see? No more flesh. Is through His Spirit. There is another scripture to read. Colossians chapter 2, verse 11. What it says. Oh. Okay. You have it? Oh. I do. Okay. okay. Go. In Jesus Christ, you had a different kind of circumcision. One that was not done by human hands. 
That is, you are made free from the power of your sinful self. That is the kind of circumcision Jesus Christ does. That's right. Made us free from the power of our sinful self. That is the true circumcision. But I want us to, to read in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 through 22. <clears throat> Jesus Christ is the reason we are now at peace. He made us Jews and you, who are not Jews, one people. We were separated by a wall of hate that stood between us, but Jesus Christ broke down that wall by giving his own body. Jesus Christ ended the law with its many commands and rules. His purpose was to make the two groups become one in him. By doing this, he would make peace. Through the cross, Jesus Christ ended the hate between the two groups. And after they became one body, he wanted to bring them both back to God. He did this with his death on the cross. Verse 17. Jesus Christ came and brought the message of peace to you, non-Jews, who were far away from God, and he brought that message of peace to those who were near to God. Yes, through Jesus Christ, we all have the right to come to the Father in one spirit. So now, you, non-Jewish people, are not visitors or strangers, but you are citizens together with God's holy people. You belong to God's family. You believers are like a building that God owns. That building was built on the foundation that the apostles and prophets prepared. Christ Jesus himself is the most important stone in that building. The whole building is joined together in Jesus Christ. And he makes it grow and become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Jesus Christ, you are being built together with his people. You are being made into a place where God lives through his spirit. I want you to know, my friend, that so many, so many people have all, uh, all their lives struggle with the issue of Jews and non-Jews, and they think, what is the problem with these individuals? Why, why the, the Jews are against Christians and why Christians sometimes are against Jews? I want you to know that in the Lord Jesus Christ, that wall was separated. There is no division between both groups because he became savior for all of us. I thought that that was the reason for the division with Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, at some point it was, but uh, in these days we know that uh, still there are individuals that are pushing the circumcision. And, uh, and I want to I share with you, my friend, that there is no need, 
there, and I don't know what's the story here. I suppose it's the spirit of joy here. <laughs> but I want you to know, my friend, that there is no need for any believer to think, I have to be circumcised. There is no, no need for that. We, in the Lord Jesus Christ, are totally connected with Him, and that wall was destroyed. There is unity between both groups, Jews and non-Jews. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we wish you a beautiful evening.